Spoken Soul Sessions. 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 You ain't my man. With Poetic Black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and loose advances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. Uh, This is a a second show that we're doing right now where we're broadcasting through uh, Clubhouse. And uh, we did a a previous show. It hasn't aired yet, but we did a previous show and it was a success. So uh, I like the vibe, you know, being able to have live engagement as we um, go through the topic. So uh, once again, I want to welcome to the Spoken Soul Session Studio uh, the lovely Miss Lady Obsidian Rain. All right, how you doing, um, Lady Obsidian Rain? What's good? Are you there? We can't we can't hear you. Oh, hold on, that may be me. Yeah. I can hear you. My fault. It was my that that was my fault. It was I had the wrong um button down. <laughs> but uh welcome oh, back. Okay. Welcome back. You good, you good. Welcome back. Uh this is going to be an amazing show. I'm a forewarn everybody. There are a lot of trigger warnings in this discussion that we about to have the the topic today is are women renegotiating societal standards are women renegotiating societal standards so are the women fed up are they fed up at the idea of there are they that they are expected to they're expected to be the homemaker they're expected to be the the cooker the cleaner the nanny you know and women are now standing up saying that they want to redefine these terms you know and uh it's a new day so uh what you what you say about that um lady obsidian rain I mean, I think women's been fed up for a long time. Uh, I mean, wasn't there a song about it? I know cancel culture, you know, is what it is, and I'm not fully up to date with everything. <laughs> I don't stay in, in the mix like that. But uh, it was a song in the 90s, right? Was it R. Kelly? When a woman's fed up? Um, mm, we've been yeah. fed up for a minute uh, with the double standards, with, you know, 
how everything has been running and going and then like the blame is always being put on us yet i think we we over it we tired okay so let me let me tell you guys how this this topic came to be <clears throat> now lady obsidian rain she always sends me these videos <laughs> she send me videos on tiktok and um, they, I, I love these videos because, you know, they make people socially aware of what's going on and, you know, the sentiment of the people, how the people feel. But she sent me this first video and uh, I thought I was prepared to play it, but I, I just realized that I'm, I'm hooked up on the configuration that may not allow me to play it. But anyway, we can preface the video. All right. We can talk about it. The video you know, pretty much said uh, that men, the the statement actually, the statement that got me all riled up was that men are not having, men are not having sex. Men, it, it's, a, it's a tongue twister. Men are not having sex because they're angry. They're not getting sex because they're angry or they're not having sex with women women like okay it was men are angry because they're not having sex but the reality is men are not having sex because they're angry that was thank the, you thank you you needed you needed a, a, a true woman to come and clarify this because i was befuddled can you repeat that one more time men are angry because they're not having enough sex but men are not having sex because they're angry. Mm, that men are not having sex because they're angry. And um, I was like, what? It, it, it stumped me, you know? And then it came with three more videos in succession. Bang, bang, bang. Hold this down. And I was like, oh, snap. But the second video really got me. The second video, the sister in the video, she says that uh, women are calling men's bluff. We're calling the bluff. We're tired of we got to be the homemaker and all that. We redefining the terms pretty much, you know, and uh, what you going to do, you know. So I want to know, you know, what it's going to look like when women are that to that point where they feel that, yo, I don't need no do for nothing or whatever the case may be. And you do you, I do me. What what do you think that looks like, Lady Obsidian Rain? I mean, I don't think it's going to be a, a full sentiment across the board, but I do believe that as emotional intelligence is being, you know, brought more to the forefront, people are taking note to how, you know, the treatment of each other is not beneficial to any long-standing anything. This is why the divorce rates are so high. This is why people aren't actually getting married. Um, people are not really addressing their internal wounds and how those impact how they interact with other people. So like that whole concept of, you know, men are not having sex because they're angry is basically her saying, Hey, y'all need to start owning up to your stuff or we're not putting up with it anymore. Um, because we are more self-sufficient, we are capable of, of doing all these things that, you know, the 1950s household uh, isn't limited by. So either y'all come correct or we'll be fine on our own. So 
I think there will be a shift that happens. Those who want to get on board and do the shadow work and heal from their stuff, um, you know, will be fine. Those who want to sit back in their ego and are still too busy pointing the finger, they just, they're going to find those who are still operating out of their own wounding uh, until something else happens. Like, that's how I still see it, see it as. All right. So what I'm going to have to do is because I want to I don't want to misquote anybody. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch over to Club Deck so I can change my audio and I'll be able to play this um video so we can hear the statement and we can go from there. So give me one second if I if I leave the room and come back, like just give me one second. I'm going to switch over right now. All right, I'm back. Was I going long? <laughs> Was I going long? Can you guys hear me? We can hear you. Can you hear us? Yep, I can hear you guys perfect. So now we about to get to the meat. We about to get to the meat. Let's go to the video. Let's go to the videotape. Let's go to the footage. I, I kept the file, you know? I kept the file. So uh, we're going to go to the videotape. And, Ephesians uh, 5, 23. And uh, let's play the first video. This is the first video that sparked everything. All right, here we go. One of the most interesting things to me about the substantial shifts that happened as a direct result of COVID are how in the absence of societal norms, some of us have figured out how those societal norms do not, in fact, benefit us in any way. A great example of this is how we've all figured out of, as employees collectively how little the societal standards of employment actually benefit us and how silly some of the rules are for employment. Like, why are we all traveling collectively an hour to go sit at a slightly different desk with a slightly different computer doing something we could do at home? And I think seeing the world come crashing to a halt has filled us all with a certain amount of fuck it. And we're all just willing to buck against those societal standards. Another great example of this is how straight women are waking up to the concept that uh, straight relationships with men, in fact, do not benefit them. This is very difficult to be awakened to, by the way, because we are bombarded with brainwashing from the moment that we're born, that the only way that we can be happy is to go make a man happy. But that's not really accurate. Uh, men have a precedent of not meeting our sexual needs. They're not able to act as equal partners in the home frequently. Uh, they aren't trained how to be good emotional support systems or emotional partners. Like, they bring very little to relationships, on average. Always exception. It is, in fact, so deeply ingrained that most women spend from the moment they hit puberty every single moment either trying to be in a relationship or being in a relationship without really having a break to consider whether or not we want one or whether it's a good thing. And then here came COVID and all of us got kind of locked at home for two years and realized that it was really peaceful and nice and like actually easier than being with men because we weren't having to care for another person. And suddenly you have an entire generation of single women who have a good, happy, healthy life, who have intimacy and affection through their friends, who just have no need for men. And you have an entire generation of men that have been woefully ill-prepared to be single and cannot care for themselves or anybody else. It's not a coincidence that we have this like huge wave of men trying to force women back into a 1950s style relationship. 
they want it really bad because it really, really benefits them and because they do not know how to survive without it. And I just kind of find it funny. It's like now that I see it, now that I understand what's happening, when I see like comments like this or, you know, Andrew Tate videos or whatever, or the men just like freaking out and getting angry about women not like doing what they expect them to do. Like it just amuses me. I just find it fucking funny because it's really sad and pathetic. You're going to have to go build your own life, men. You're going to have to go learn skill sets that you can then bring into a relationship because the guilt trips and the ploys and the manipulation, it's not going to work. One of the most interesting. Okay. So we heard the video. We have some context. And as you guys would expect from me, you know, I was, I was bothered. I was triggered. What's that word they use? Triggered. I was triggered. You know, and um, I'm going to preface this by saying that, you know, when, when we get into this, we're going to see how it unfolds. Because men are oftentimes in this society, the way the societal norms are, the standards of society, men are oftentimes neglected. And men have been trained to know that they're neglected. Their, their wants, needs, desires don't matter in the construct of being a good man. You know, you got a man, he'll work, he'll work his fingers to the bone or whatever the case may be, go out, uh, provide, uh, 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 income or whatever the case may be. And he'll work till he's dead. You know what I'm saying? Father's day come around. You don't hear, you don't hear, but a, a peep, nothing but a peep about father's day, but mother's day, they turn it into a whole weekend. They do concerts. They do all types of stuff in regards to mother's day. So father's day in the societal norms today, men are neglected and they're not expected to want that type of affection or want that type of recognition. You know, it, it men are not just, we're not trained to think that way, you know, and women, a lot of times, because we don't, we don't think that way. They take for granted our feelings. So when the um, a man stands up and he says, oh, I feel this way, I feel that way, and this is the way I see it, he's oftentimes gaslit. Oh, you don't feel that. This is because of the trauma you've, you've endured or it's because of your daddy. Your daddy wasn't in your life or you don't know how to be a man. It's always some type of gaslight. Like, yo, he's saying that, yo, I feel like I'm not heard. You know, uh, I feel like my opinion don't count. And it's like, ah, if you go back and forth with a woman, you're considered to be, oh, you acting like a female. And I've heard that on this app, you know, on the other side of Clubhouse, not the poetry side, but the other side of Clubhouse. I've heard that a lot. When you find two men, I mean, or two women, I mean, a man and a woman going back and forth in discourse, you know, the and the, and the mudslinging start, the first thing that, that they come with, oh, you acting like a female, you giving me gay vibes or whatever the case may be, attack his masculinity. So men have, have learned to operate under this construct. And it has its ramifications. It has its ramifications. You find men are... They are insensate. You know what I'm saying? They they really are not, you know, really, you know, concerned about feelings. You know, they know, oh, I got to get this money and um, make it simple. One plus one is two. So whatever that means, if I if I meet these requirements, that means I'm I'm, I'm solidified as a man. And women, however, are in this society, in this in these standards and these norms, 
they're uh, they are considered to be oh you guys are weak you need assistance you need help with things you know even in the work field when you go to the work field you know and um, I'm a chef so I've been in the work field you know where you have women in in that workspace and um I've seen it time and time again when you got a, a heavy task or something to do you see the women they get up to the the strong men uh you you can get that for me or grab that pan for me or do this for me or whatever the case may be so they 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 they've been they've been taught and they've been you know indoctrinated to believe that you are supposed to automatically get the assistance of any man in your reach. Any man that's there is supposed to drop everything he's doing and come to assist you because you are a woman. So it's, the, it's, it's not the same for a man. So in doing that, you're going to create two different types of stigmas and stereotypes and conditions and paradigms on both parts. Like women are going to be considered to uh, get get like like a woman could bat her eyes. You know what I'm saying? She get in the club for free. She got a beautiful dress on or whatever kids be. She on the line. Nah, you coming in for free, mom. You know, she got that what they call pretty privilege. You know, is this is a such thing, you know, but when you look at it, you know, these are the things that hinder us from coming on one page, one accord to understand each other, to say, yo, look, how can we move forward as a as a couple so that's the premise of the first video so i'm let lady obsidian ring what did you get out of that video what do you think that she was trying to say because i got a couple of key points that i thought that i thought that was very damaging of her statements and things that she was saying so what you what was your overall take of that video i mean in general I can't disagree with anything but her saying that women don't need men. I will never agree with that statement um, because me having healthy platonic male relationships, friendships um, has been an absolute godsend for me. Um, so I'll never say that I don't need a man. What I don't need is a man trying to use guilt and fear and all the manipulation tactics to get his needs met versus standing 10 toes in the sand and being able to, you know, show up for themselves and still extend, you know, going forward so that we can pour into each other. I'm not going to just take from somebody what I'm not capable of giving myself or giving back in return. So in regards to that particular video, what I feel her saying is that Manhood, unfortunately, needs to be redefined for men because what used to cut it as manhood isn't isn't enough. And not to say that men aren't enough, but the the concept of showing up emotionally, like having them learn their emotions and validate their own emotions and not continuously seeking a mom out of the woman partner that they're with um, needs to be addressed been thinking that, you know, they should be yeah, entitled because they're chivalrous needs to be addressed. Uh, and we're talking about like, you know, women telling men that they're, they're weak, they're this, they're that and everything else. Like we've essentially learned how to do that from them being gaslit your entire life from men mansplaining to me what it is to be a woman or what's required of me to be a woman. Like that's, that's ridiculous. 
Um, do you want to talk about pain not being acknowledged? Like, you, you, <laughs> we can talk about, you know, like all, all the other societal stuff, but that's because people are leaning more into stereotypes instead of to getting you know a person individually for themselves. They're just like, oh, no, she's probably, you know, stuck up. She's too pretty. She's probably not going to care about what I have to say. And they sabotage themselves in a lot of in a lot of instances. So outside of her saying that, you know, we don't need men. I don't agree with that statement personally. Um, but a lot of the other points that she was making in regards to like redefining manhood outside of, you know, what you're giving and being able to show up emotionally, uh, I, I can, you know, acknowledge. Well, the redefining manhood. Now, this, this is the problems I have with the video. One, the obvious that we don't need men. Now you got to realize this when, when you change these standards, you know that the change is just the law of physics, you know, the law of balance that when you shift these pieces around, it has to balance itself. So when you give, you take, and when you take, you give. So other things is going to shift around as well. So I want to ask and pose the question, what does it look like when you have a society where the men have become so content because it's so rampant now or it's becoming rampant where women are starting to think like this more and more women are starting to feel that this is the key or the the pathway to uh liberation and they're coming out saying this the way it should be and you know so what what, what happens when it comes a time when men because we know men we adapt this is what we do. We adapt. We see the situation and we adapt to it. So what happens when men adapt and men start taking away these 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 uh these little small kindnesses, these things that's always disregarded anyway. You know, like the 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 individual who what 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 happens when it's time you want to equally uh, do the duties of the house. Okay, uh, I'm going to take care of the kids and you can go outside and you're going to mow the lawn. Equal opportunity. Or, I have uh, no problem. I dig it sent out to go mow the lawn. It's your turn to change the oil. And I have. And I the car the tires. It, yeah, <laughs> but we, but when you, when you, we, the, you know what I'm saying? When the tire get, when you get that flat, you got to change that. And um, because you, you made a statement, you said that is that is this concept of men wanting the women to be their mother. You know, they're looking for motherhood in a relationship. And I think that's true. I think that's very true. They did a, a, a whole movie on that, you know, that on um, baby boy. So I think it's very true. But I also think it's true for women as well, where you have women that are looking for that father complex in their relationship. And their father have, you know, have set this pathway for them that, oh, a man is supposed to, you know, be courteous. A man is supposed to lift your bags up for you. A man is supposed to do that. And a man is supposed to do that. But now this paradigm is shifting and things are changing. So as you have women starting to say, okay, you know, I, I don't want to just be in here making pancakes. I want to go do that. You will have the men saying, okay, nah, I ain't trying to mow no lawn. You go mow the lawn. You know what I'm saying? I'm make some pancakes. I think there's, I think there's a, a, a little slight difference to that because we have to remember, like, it has been man-led 
for a very, very long time, not taking women into actual account and like women's voices being heard. We've been, you know, essentially, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's essentially been dictated to us how we are supposed to act in order to get a man's attention. Um, and then it got to a point where men started saying, oh, women are being manipulative. They're using their womenly wiles to get us to do things. So it there's all a whole bunch of projection being thrown around, but no accountability for individual characters. Like the the whole uh, Jasmine Sullivan song, you're going to turn me into a hoe. Like I find issue with that because nobody can get me to act out of character except for me submitting to acting out of character you know and mm-hmm. so as long as people are keep saying oh well because of this person and because of that experience oh well to hell with everything to the wind like you you don't help the cause and then everybody's like oh well you know there's a certain time where you just get tired you just get fed up so you give up your integrity because of what maybe if we held more on to being you know people of integrity and not allowing circumstances to dictate how we operate, would we have a fighting chance? If we could come along and have communication and conversations like this and not just saying, oh, well, the women did this. So now the men are acting like this or men did this. And now women are acting like this. Like stop placing the blame and just acknowledge what's happening so we can go forward. Too much of it is just projection and blame and no just saying, okay, well, I acknowledge my role in this. Uh, so now let me check my heart. Let me check how I'm operating and then a- adjust appropriately. And still at the end of the day, it's like, why can't we just treat each other like human beings where both of our emotions matter? We can communicate who wants to delegate which task because it still comes down to personal preference. I mean, you think about growing up in the 90s and watching the Rugrats. Um Betty was the more masculine one in her relationship, but she sure enough loved her husband and he showed up and they took care of their twins. So it's more just like, how do we rise together as, you know, man and woman, because we need both to go forward and not so much the crab in the barrel mentality. Oh, well, you did this. So now I need to get my 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 hit me backs. Come on, that's childish. Yeah, it's, I think it's very childish. But at the end of the day, you know, this is the situation that we're in. So how do we navigate in this current situation, especially in in terms of you have so many women are starting to take this type of this point of view? Because a lot of things that men do, you know, on the regular, on the regular, a lot of things that men do is taken for granted. And we don't get recognized for a lot of things. So when it comes up to what what do you need a man for, that's why we're here now, because you have women asking the question, what do I need a man for? Because so much of what he brings to the dynamic is ignored. It's not even thought of. When you think about a woman and what she brings to the relationship and her value, you talk about motherhood, you talk about nurturing, you talk about, you know what I'm saying, her making ends meet and things of that. And you hear all the struggle stories, you hear all of the, the triumph stories, you know, but the father is never present, at least in our community, in the black community. The father is never present. You know, the father's not talked about. He's not spoken about. And when he is there and he is present, it seems that he's just relegated to being the ATM and the security guard. Like, oh, okay, uh, 
you, you're just here for security and um and and when I need money, but everything else I'm running, you know. And and this is a lot of of how in the black community, I'm talking about specifically a black community, a lot of the households are ran that way. A lot of the households in the black community are ran where the mother is running things, you know. And that's because we we ignorance is a choice. Because until people learn the history on why that even came up to be, people are still just going to continue to please blame amongst each other. As long as we're fighting each other, you know, the pluralistic ignorance is, well, somebody else is supposed to make the change. Somebody else is supposed to make the change. And we are fighting against each other, not realizing that we were purposely pit against each other. Indeed, the, I agree. The, the men being out of the household will essentially go all the way back to slavery where, you know, they were they were traded off. So the women had, you know, developed this sense of numbness. And when we talk about, you know, the epigenetics of trauma and how trauma is passed down and, mm -hmm. you know, how we just understand and deal with things, we're like anticipating the men not to be there to a certain degree. So we d build up these defense mechanisms or built up this mentality like, OK, if something happens today or tomorrow, I need to be able to carry on. And so literally most people are operating out of defense mechanisms that they don't even mm. understand. Great you point. know, even go down like further, further after slavery and stuff like that, when the household started to become more centralized. They then threw, you know, the welfare there in the system and mm -hmm. said, oh, well, you'll make more money if a man isn't in the house. So now men are like our black men are thinking, OK, well, we're not needed. We're not necessary. They're walking around with that wounding, but they're not directing all of that anger and energy where it needs to be going. No, they point it back to the woman and it's not fair. We now, now with that, that now, now, when you say that they didn't do that, to the, now, th this is the question, right? There was a choice. It's a choice. You know, because the way it was, it was, I believe it was, um, it was Roosevelt who passed that. And, um, they said that, uh, I believe it was 1965. If I'm not mistaken, y'all can fact, fact check that. But, um, when they passed the welfare act, it was a condition that you couldn't have an active man working in the home and receive, be a wealth, a welfare recipient. You know, if it's you had a choice made out of fear of not having enough, it's the lack mentality. And so resource wise, people are going to like deductive reasoning, make a choice, not necessarily coming from their heart center, but coming from. Fear. Exactly. I agree. But it happens both ways. It happened for men and women. You dig what I'm saying? Like you giving the perspective of the man, how it, I mean, from the woman of how she had to make these choices and these choices wasn't necessarily her own, but these are choices out of, out of circumstances, uh, choices that was, you know, the choices from duress, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, I, I actively, or, you know, I said, I'm going to choose this. No, like these are the options I was, I was left with. So I chose this. I understand. I, I totally understand, but that happens with men as well. You know, Men, men have have suffered from that same dynamic that the, the same identical uh, uh, construct. Yeah, that that's why I said like they started feeling like that they weren't needed. They were a burden. They weren't necessary. And so they, you know, the alcoholism, you know, rose because now they're having an identity crisis. Uh, if I'm not needed, then what else am I supposed to do? Maybe I don't belong here. That's going to be internal anger and rage and self-hate. So yeah, absolutely. They are impacted by that. 
it, and, and that was the whole that was the whole goal of it. You're going to turn one against the other and make each other angry at each other. Mm. Um, it was a it was a poem that was written and it was basically like the black woman saying to the man, like, where were you when I needed the protector? Where were you when the master dragged me off and, and implanted his seed in me? Where were you? Like, why didn't you? And the man is sitting there saying the same thing. Like it was hard to watch that happen to you. And I couldn't do anything because I feared for my life. Like, so it is this big problem that we have, we are faced with, but are we facing it together to go forward? Are we still too busy throwing daggers at each other's in the, you know, woe is me and my trauma is more valid than your trauma nonsense? Like, why can't we just say this is what we have experienced, and but I'm not going to let it dictate how I look at you as a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let that dictate how I look at you as a man. And that's the reason that's the reason that's one of the main problems I have with that video and and her solution or her suggestion to the solution to the problem is to suggest that we don't need you and what do you really bring to the table you really don't bring that to the table and you looked at all the things that men do for you as insignificant and you don't even regard them so when you got men looking that's not at that, what she yeah, that but she that's said no that's that what they she have said to come with more emotional no, intelligence no 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 that's what she said you steal those words. no that's we what she said we could play we could play it back but she said but this is what she said she said that pretty much what do you really what what do you guys really bring to the table like Matt, let, let me let me see. Let me see. Let me see. As a direct result of Here COVID, are how uh, they aren't trained how to be good emotional support systems or emotional partners. Like they bring very little to relationships on average. Always accept. There we go. They bring very little to relationships nah, on average. You want me to rewind it? No, no. You want to rewind no, it? Let's go. It. I I, hold on. We'll go back continue. a little bit so you can hear it again. Home frequently. Oh, uh, they aren't kicking. trained like how Bible to be bumpers. good emotional support <laughs> systems or emotional partners. Like they bring very little to relationships on average. Always exception. It is, in now fact, so that. deeply ingrained that most women spend from the moment they hit puberty every single moment either trying to be in a relationship or being in a relationship without really having a break to consider whether or not we want one or whether it's a good thing. And then here came COVID and all of us got kind of locked at home. Was that good enough? Nope. Keep going. Keep going. All right. For two years and realized that it was really peaceful and nice and like actually easier than being with men because we weren't having to care for another person. And suddenly you have an entire generation of single women who have a good, happy, healthy life, who have intimacy and affection through their friends, who just have no need for men. And you have an entire generation of men that have been woefully ill-prepared to be single and cannot care for themselves or anybody else. It's See that part right no, there. That these men, hold on, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna continue, but let, let let's point it out. She said that these men are incapable of caring for themselves. Now I don't know, like if 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 I'm outdated or whatever the case may be, but I know that in the world there are more men chefs, cooks in the world than there are women. But women always get the stereotype of, oh, you just in the kitchen, just cooking, 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 cooking. What I know these days, women really don't really know how to cook. Like to find a woman that knows how to cook, you know, like knows how to cook. It's it's, it's hard. You'll be hard pressed. You know, like you got some sisters that got the gift, but 
on average, you got a lot of sisters that don't know how to cook and they think that's cool. And they use the rationale of, okay, you know, this is a new day. What you want me just be in the kitchen all day and uh, that's it. But it, but her knowing how to cook and provide healthy meal choices for her family is essential and crucial to the family dynamic. But now you find these men, like I give myself as an example, like I don't need a woman to cook for me. I'm a chef, like certified chef. I cook gourmet meals, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I don't need a woman to cook for me. So I got to, you got to come again like women got to say, all right, oh, you you need me to make you your food and I nah, I don't need that. I know how to wash clothes, I know how to dry clothes, I know how to fold clothes, I know how to, you know what I'm saying, I know how to clean, I know how to do all of these things. So now pause one moment because mm-hmm. I, I I hear you, but context also has to be given. Because, you know, you stated before, there is a difference in, you know, demographics, how these things play out. This is also a white woman, given, you know, her perspective on this. So that could specifically be for her community. When we think about our black men being more of the chefs, we also have to go back into what were the professions that were open and available to them when they go off in, in into these prison prison, you know, penitentiaries or whatever the case is, you know, they pick up all the cooking skills and they come out. And that's usually the job that they're able to get being the bus boy, being the chef and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't think what she meant in that specific terminology was that in in what they're capable of doing in that regards, they're unable to take care of themselves. But it's the emotional care that men are lacking. Men don't emotionally care for themselves. They repress a lot of their emotions instead of standing 10 toes and be like, hey, this matters, which is why I will always advocate for men's mental health and men developing better emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. so that they can see the women who actually value their emotions instead of chasing after these bad Barbies who, you know, had this, you know, image put in mind that this is the woman that guys go after mm. and I that's think, the part I, of, of see, these conversations the, your sentiment the sentiment that you're that you're um that you're given right now that you have and i know personally that you have this sentiment you know but you you're not the you're not the face you know what i'm saying this is not the face of what we see and what what the idea of what black women want in relationships, what black women want, you know, in union and things of that nature. So like, I, I dig what you're saying. What you're saying is right on point. It's, it's right on point with the lines of what we need to do as far as a solution to this problem, to see past the, the, the scheme. And I love the fact that you pointed out that this is a white woman, that this is a white woman, but you find that a lot of black women see videos like this. That's why I, th- I thought it was very damaging. You see black women see videos like that and, and they try to see those struggles in themselves. They try to equate what goes on in our community into what goes on in their community. And it's very different. It's the, the problems are very different. So you, you when you make it one blanket uh, statement always oh, for everybody. This is for all men. And, you know, you don't you don't preface the fact that there's nuance between the different races and the different communities and cultures, how we are raised and things of that nature that play a part in the things that we do. But that get lost in translation. It gets lost in translation. So men, we we have learned to adapt and we just shut up. The go to for a man is to be quiet. 
because we know we ain't, we're not going to win an argument against a woman. And it's been deemed in this society today that arguing with a woman is very unmasculine. It's very well, unmasculine. It's, it, and, it's and, interesting how much both sides are actually suffering in silence because there are a lot of women who don't speak on certain things because they know they'll be invalidated. They know they'll be gaslit. They'll be you know dragged through the mud. And so they also suffer in silence. So the fact that like, and you know, I can bring this, you know, with the biblical perspective, mm -hmm. silence is what destroys. When we're both talk about how much we're struggling, but nobody wants to really talk about the struggle. That's exactly how we stay pitted against each other. Facts. Men are saying, oh, we're suffering in silence because y'all don't care. And the women are like, we've always kind of been, you know, grown up with the fact that y'all don't really care. So we start being silent and then taking matters into our own hands. And it, the, the, some of the, you know, the mannerisms start to mesh. Like men are like, okay, well, I'm just not going to talk anything. And now they're being called feminine and women are now not talking about much of anything and, and, and acting in a, a way to protect themselves. And they're being called masculine. Why are we so hung up on who's masculine, who's feminine when we are both capable of having both and we need that for balance? Mm. And, 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 and I agree with you. I, I totally agree with you, but that's not, that's, that's, that's not how the society that we see today, how they operate and for men. And I'm speaking for the men, you know, like black men, I'm, I'm not talking about the Pookie and the Ray Rays. I'm talking about genuine black men who stand up for what's right. I'm talking about stand up brothers who go to work, who take care of their families. You know, these men, the men who show up, the men who's there, that's present, that's been there since day one. I'm talking about these fellas. You know, I'm not talking about the individuals that's out there trying to finesse a chick out of her income tax. I'm not talking about a dude that's out in the club every weekend and 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 uh, uh, he, he just running through mad different females and all that. I'm not talking about that dude. I'm not talking about the fake ass Derek Jacksons in them, you know, the Pandoras and all that. I'm talking about the real stand up brothers who mean well, who are sincere, who are hardworking men. And they, they their voices are like unheard. It's like, yo, you just keep on making the money and you keep on providing the protection and then we got, we good. You know what I'm saying? And and they, they suffer in silence. But the type of silence you're talking about, and I agree, that type of silence and where women are being invalidated for saying certain things like the me too movement. When a woman say that she's been sexually assaulted. And when she, when she says that you got all these, these, these people that's coming out saying, Oh, you was wearing such and such. So you kind of deserved it. Or why, why, why are you trying to garner that much attention and all that bull crap? But, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, it's the nuance between, what men suffer in silence about and what women suffer in silence about what men are invalidated on and what women are invalidated on. So when you, when you add it up, the solution, which we we're definitely going to talk about the solution in more detail down at the end of the show. But I want, I, I wanted to get out all of the vices. I wanted to get out all of the, the, the stumbling blocks that we keep tripping over. You know, that let, let's talk about the things that we don't like in each other or the things that we feel we are invalidated with with one another. You dig? Let's talk about them things before we necessarily get into the the meat of the the um 
a dissolution rather. But we're going to invite, we got three women on the platform. Yes, we got four women on the platform. So uh, we got, I want, well, we can bring, since there's only, there's only four women in, in the um, audience. So we can bring them all up to be a part of the, 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 the next phase of this topic. And it's about to get heated. If y'all thought this was the, the first part was crazy, when y'all hear the second video, y'all gonna lose y'all mind. Well, I, I, I gotta look around. I'm, I'm the only man here. All right. So, okay. <laughs> Let me just choose my words wisely. All right. So we're going to invite these sisters up. If they want to come up, you're free to come up. Just know and realize you will be recorded. This is going, this is a live podcast is being recorded to go in the plat, um, on the platform, the Spoken Soul Sessions platform. So um, you're going to be everywhere. If you decide to come on the stage, you're going to be on Spotify and all that. It's not going to be on Clubhouse. It's going to be over there. So you'll be everywhere and your comments will be heard by everyone. And um, just know. All right. No pressure. I right, no pressure. Yeah. So come on up. <laughs> come on up and get into the discussion. Okay. So let's get to the second video. Because I, I, I really want to get into these things. And I think the second video kind of, it, it kind of segues into what we want to talk about. So let's get into the second video. Make sure I got it. Uh, ...of men that have been woefully ill-prepared to I believe be single. This is and it. I have yeah, been predicting that this is what's going to happen. All right, so let me, let, let, let me pause it real quick. Now, this video, let me tell the people, this video right here, was the video that somebody else seen. Now, this person that's commenting is a sister, which makes what I was saying earlier a little bit more pertinent now because, you know what I'm saying, this was a white woman giving her opinion, but now a black sister, she she commented on it and it spun out to another video. So we can get into what the sisters think about this video. So I'm glad it was a sister who commented. So let's get into it. Roll that beautiful bean footage. that have been woefully ill-prepared to be single and I have been predicting that this is what's going to happen for several years now, even pre-pandemic. And what it all boils down to is that we've called their bluff. All of this has been built on a bluff. And you know what? Women went ahead and we called that shit. We said, all right, bet. I'm all into I also think that men are treating this like this is a negotiation, which like, okay, fine. Let's pretend it is. Let me tell you why you're coming in woefully unprepared to negotiate. So I said it before and I'll say it again. Men are delusional. And I don't say that to be rude or insult them. I just say it because what, let's look up the definition of delusion. I looked it up and it is so perfect. The definition of delusion is a belief of an alternate reality despite persistent evidence. To now, let me preface that because in this video, she did make a slight typo. <laughs> the definition didn't say what she said. It, she said altered rea It said altered reality, not altering reality. You know, let me let's get let let me go back a little bit so everybody can know this. This is what she said. Let's go. I looked it up, and it is so perfect. The definition of delusion is a belief of an alternate reality despite persistent evidence to the contrary. So despite women consistently saying, you know, we don't want to be in relationships with men who do this, this and that to us, they're like, not all men, not all men are like that, blah, blah, blah. Like just basically denying our reality that we know to be true. 
So as the non-delusional party, women have an understanding of the reality, and we also have an intimate understanding of the male delusion. Also been learning about negotiation our whole lives while you have been in a position where you just think that you're the boss and so you don't have to negotiate i've known how to manipulate men since i was three years old because my dad is one of these delusional men that i'm talking about i watched my mom attempt to manage his ego to you know make him happy to do everything to be the perfect wife mother and it was never enough like it was never good enough and I also saw that he lived in a delusion. I saw that he needed my mom, but he would pretend that she needed him. I saw how he pretended that he was the provider for the family, but she would often work more hours than he did and also do more caretaking of us. I saw all of this happen. This isn't something I learned, had to learn in college. I learned it through living life with men. And so when I had some scrub motherfucker try to call my bluff and be like you're gonna end up alone unless you succumb to being the exact type of wifey i want you to be i was like okay bet and you know what my life has gotten so much better isn't that so weird <laughs> and i know what you're thinking you're like well that's just you but this is a lot of women's story and i happen to be someone who's ahead of the curve but the girlies are 2.5 years behind me I know this because I read Bell Hooks about 2.5 years ago, and all the girlies are reading Bell Hooks right now. Women are not going to save men. We're not. We're going to let y'all drown. Generation of men. All right. Now, this is coming from a sister. Now, she was commenting. She was commenting on. She was commenting on the 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 first video that we played in the beginning of the show. She's commenting on that. And this was her conclusion of this video. This is what she deducted from this video. So, uh, Lady Obsidian Rain, what was your thoughts on the second video? Well, it's not so much, you know, uh, like what she deduced from the video. She was sharing her own experience as it related to how that woman explained, um, you know, the shift that's happening. So... I'm not going to invalidate her experience and how what she witnessed, you know, m caused her to make the choices that she made. As someone who's also been told that they're going to be single because my standards are too high. Uh, yeah. All right. Bet. I'm not lowering my standards so that, you know, you you feel like like it, it's just weird for me. I don't I don't get that. And. When you consistently look at how things have played out, like, oh, no, you have to appease in order to be wanted. That's fear mongering. I'm not going to allow anybody to, you know, have me make a decision out of fear of being alone, because the reality is I'm not alone. I'm really content with who I am as a person. I have amazing friends. I have family. Um, dying alone isn't the worst thing that could happen. The worst thing that could happen to me is being in a relationship with a man who secretly holds me in contempt because of whatever, you know, ideology he has in his head. Uh, if I make more money or if I seem to be doing good and it doesn't seem like I need him now, he's resentful because he hasn't dealt with his own internal issues. And that's what I feel like she had experienced why she has the stance that she has right now. But, but that's the thing. That's the key point that I have. That's the key problem I have. I think that when women say things like that, right, they, this is how they make the argument. Because let's let's be real. This is something that's manufactured. This is not real beef between the black man and the black woman. 
this beef has been manufactured to the point now where just like a lot of other things that that are attached to us is self-perpetuating you know so this this is it, this this thing didn't happen Oh, black man was just oppressing the black woman, kept her out of the workforce, wanted her to be barefooted and pregnant in the, in the kitchen and all that. Yeah, but that's not the argument that's being made. I no, mean, I know that. I know. I, even... I, I know that's not the argument. But what I'm saying is, you know, when you look at when you you look at the stereotypes or, 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 or these things has been attached to the problem that we're talking about men. Women, women will be like, okay, you know, uh, I want you to understand everything that's affecting me. This is how men are looking at it. I want you to understand everything that's affecting me, right? Everything, you know, my emotional roller coaster that I go on, uh, things that, you know what I'm saying, I'm dealing with. I want you to be emotionally available. And I get that. It's cool. You know what I'm saying? But at, at the same token, at the same token, you want him to maintain these these same standards that that these women are anti against for them. They want that man to maintain those still those standards, be the man, be the, the rough, tough man, be the, the security guard, be the ATM, be that and and maintaining those delusional uh, uh, concepts and constructs. But. I want you to alter mine. And, and, and a lot of times men look at it, be like, you know, okay, I get what you're saying. I understand, but this is how I feel. And soon as he began to say how he feel, you're being emotional. You're being the female, you're being gay, you're being this, you know? And I know that's not your, well, you don't do that, but you see this. And I've seen this personally, especially on this app. I've seen that when you go to I the I believe that those are you know, isolated, you know, situations that, you know, can be completely taken out of context with the case. Because if I'm going to be both, I, I will hope that you're both so that we can, you know, complement each other and, and thrive off of each other. So it, it, it's it's one of those things like how much emotional availability can we really be for each other? You know, I've seen guys say, oh, I don't care what happened to her in her past. She needs to be, you know, this way for me now. But you're still bringing things from your past and how you're then treating her or looking at her. So mm. it's still it's still always the my. My perceptions, my realities should be, you know, held to the standard. And, you know, I'm just going to kind of negate this and kind of gaslight this. And it's. It's all very damaging. Was she accurate? <laughs> no. Um, but it's her reality. The same way men have the reality, oh, all women are manipulative. And I've heard that very, very much so. And she even says it. She learned how to manipulate at the Since age three. of three. Since three. Okay. I'm glad you pointed it out. I, I see what you're doing. You're trying to take my, my, my weapons against me. Like you're trying to use them before I could use them. I see what you're trying to do. I didn't even get no to that weapons. yet. I'm literally telling you, I, there's there's never been any judgment. There's never me any do blaming or pointing fingers. It's legit an acknowledgement and understanding of how things come to be so that I can then grow from it. You know, when I've grown up, being told that I need to be able to stand on my foot so no man could you know, take advantage of me. And then I, you know, 
am secure myself and I go out thinking, okay, this is, this is good. Like I, I secure. And then a man then tells me, no, you need to humble yourself. No, you need to be more soft. No, you need to be this, this, and this, or you're just going to end up alone. I'm sitting there like, yo, what the fudge? Mm. How, how, how does this work? And I mean, you, you know what my verbiage is. Like, I don't, <laughs> use this terminology but like the concept being you know the 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 pussy isn't po- more powerful than the fist like a lot of women unfortunately understand that mm. a lot of us understand that so they love to say well it's the woman's foot if the woman stood up and you know demanded then it would it would change but the minute we do that oh you're too masculine oh you're gonna end up alone or so how do y'all want us to be both and not be nothing at all? But see, I think I think that's where the misconnection is coming at because it seems like the men that are that feel that way, that agree with that sentiment, these are not the men that these women are actively seeking. You know, it's like they're they're actively seeking these individuals who are the so-called bad boys, the so-called thugs. The so-called, you know, you know, oh, he got a rough streak. He got a, he got a, he got a mean streak to him. It turns me on. This is the men they look for. And a lot of times, oftentimes, the men, the baggage that comes along with that thug or that, that mean streak that you love so much is the, the, the emotional, uh, what, what, what she called it? Uh, the emotional availability is non-existent with these type of individuals. You know, the individual who's working a nine to five every day, a nine to five or he's out there busting his behind trying to provide for his family. He understands this concept because he has a whole different thinking process than the the Ray Ray and the Pookie. But the Ray Ray and the Pookie, you know, I'm saying that's the one that the females, it seems like they're actively seeking the individuals who 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 are who are stand up dudes. They're looking like they're looking at these these are lames. Like, I'm going to let you say that, but let me just say this one point to, 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 to this point. I seen a video when they was asking this sister. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure you probably seen this video as well. They was asking this sister. They asked her. And she said, they, they asked, they said, uh, what would you rather a man that got $150,000, he make $150,000 a year? You know what I'm saying? He make $150,000 a year. Or a street dude that make, you know what I'm saying, that make uh, 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 like 300000 or whatever. I don't know if they give the price, but a street dude who's getting it. And she was like, nah, I want the street dude. She was like, 150000 ain't shit. That's what she said. She said, that ain't shit. He, but he's like, yo, but but you saying, yo, he work at a bank. He make 150000 a year. Like, that ain't good. He's like, nah, that ain't nothing. If he makes that, he only got about like 50,000 in the bank. I want a nigga that I can go to and say, yo, I need 30 bands. Let me get 30 bands. Like, when I seen that video, I was like, whoa, look at the expectations. These are expectations that men are not, no, the average man is not, is not reaching that. And that it's, it's crazy that the average woman, they want the men that <laughs> you know the super average man and when this becomes in every woman's mindset that oh this is what i deserve because this is the question that's naturally going to come up why why do you deserve me to give you 30,000 off your whims like yo i need 30,000 give me 30,000 like why for what 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 do you bring what do you bring that 
would would make me say, yo, look, you deserve this. You know what? What is it? Like, tell me something. Not saying that you you're not worthy of it. I'm not saying you're not worthy of it. I'm not saying that if you came to me and said, yo, I need 30 bands, that if I got the 30 bands, I'll give it to you. I'm not, there's nothing wrong, you know, with a woman asking for that type of money. But what do you bring to this dynamic that warrant you to get that type of assistance? Like what? You know, and then when you start asking that question, what happens is now here comes the gaslighting and, oh, I, I'm, a, I'm a queen. I'm a, I'm a this. This when you're starting to actively seek your father in this relationship. Your father told you you was a queen. Your father told you was a, you used a princess. Your father told you that there's nobody above you. Your father told you that. But here you are looking for your father in the relationship. And things are getting twisted. So you see how that same dynamic applies to both of us. But okay, you got it. It could be like they didn't have a dad and they want somebody to take care of them. Like anybody who operates like that, it's still the resources. That's looking at the person as a resource. That's not looking at the person as a person and saying, I'm choosing my heart. No, they're choosing out of fear of not having enough and wanting to be loved on and lavish because they probably didn't get that to the degree where they felt secure or developed any kind of personal security. And so like, it's also like brings me back to the conversation between Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin when, you know, he talks about, you know, the men going out and being the provider of the household, but they coming home and he's mean to his family. He's mean to his family because he's angry about everything else out mm. in the world that he does not address. And he takes it out on his family. And the woman is saying, well, if you can smile in front of their faces and they hate you, why don't you smile at our faces? And because you know that we love you. Mm. So that's where like that's really where a lot of the issues kind of come from is just this fear. <laughs> like everything will just boil back down to like fear for me, like not being able to accurately express yourself, not being able to feel like you are secure and valued on and but, both sides, but 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 on, on, on that sides. on that note though, you know, and this is like you said, and, and and this is real. That fear, it's that same fear that shuts men down. It's that same fear, that fear of being inadequate, that fear of saying, "Oh, uh, you're not gonna accept me." And then many men today, with the mindset of the women today, I'm not saying all women. But the mindset that's rampant on social media is that it's true. If you ain't got no money, you ain't worth shit. Like you ain't worth nothing. Like the the your only asset to bring to any type of dynamic is your ability to go out and get money. And if you can't get money, you are inadequate. And we are raising our babies to believe this. We're preconditioning our daughter on both sides. Saying what do women bring to the table? Like it's literally it's both sides. Hit for tat. It's definitely both sides. All right, so we got we got some people because we wanted to. uh, I'm gonna let everybody know because I see a hand raised. So we want to bring some people up to the stage to to engage in the um in the conversation. But I want to make that disclaimer that this is a live podcast is a live broadcast is being broadcast and um if you if you are selected to come up stage you can come up and you can make your statement but i'm gonna have to bring you back down because um this is being recorded and i gotta preserve the um recording so just understand you are being recorded 
All right, not on Clubhouse. This is going on the, on podcast. All right, so uh, we got any of the sisters? Any of the sisters? Y'all want to come up? Because I really wanted it to, before I got to the men, I wanted to deal with the sisters. I wanted some, you know, Lady Obsidian Rain needs some help, ladies. Where y'all at, man? Y'all, y'all I mean, tr- I think I'm good. I think black people are good, so. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, no, we definitely want to hear from, from both men and women on this topic. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to bring up Dada. Uh, I'm going to bring him up. Uh and uh, I would I would love to see uh, to hear marvelous Ma, uh, Ghana Shamar Dap um, weigh in on the um, topic. But uh, Dada, you on you on live, my brother. Uh, what is it that? Uh, what do you think about the topic that women are renegotiating social or societal standards? Poetic Obsidian. Hello, first of all, <clears throat> and everybody who is listening and who will listen. So my name is Adnan Dada. I'm from Pakistan, and I think, uh, of course, they are renegotiating, and they should. It's everybody's right to negotiate. But, you know, it is the way they do it, because men have their ways, women have theirs, women ways I like. But, you know, they need to, yeah, why not? Of course, go assert yourselves. Okay, so you say, thank you for, for coming up and, and joining the conversation. And I heard you say that, you know, women should be renegotiating standards. Um, being from Pakistan, what would you say to women renegotiating, you know, um, and to men, like, how do we make space for both parties to be heard so that we can do this together? Because it's, there is no one without the other. I have a foreigner's perspective on this a bit. So maybe, you know, it's a wider lens. So maybe, uh, I am able to make you understand because you see, I, on Clubhouse, I've had the opportunity to meet people, men and women, and most of them are American and most of them are uh, uh, African American, but you would say black people and many others, but more black people on Clubhouse, what I have seen, and men and women. So I can, uh, whatever little experience I have, because I've never visited the United States. So I will tell you one thing, and that is that I see something odd. I mean, I'm just giving you my impressions, and you may correct me whether I'm wrong. But the impression I get is that both are so alone, and they feel so frustrated by life. I don't know, because one thing, you know what you people did, Americans, I mean, you did great things as well, no? Uh, denying that, but, you know, you broke families. The individual is far more important than the family now. Well, that's a good thing. I'm not saying people shouldn't be assertive. I'm a very assertive person in my own realm, but, you know, uh, for example, a six-month-old baby is the most amazing thing in the world man, woman, who would deny that? 
But the thing is, we are not sharing those moments, the bonds of what we think. Why we go for the for the uh, we the shallow? Let let me be. You know, please forgive me, but I will be blunt, and that is, we have shallow relationships. But why? Because depth needs time, needs moments. Lots of them, and we've got lots to do. So we should do less things and do more important things. And relationships are one of them, I think. And you know, I've because okay, I'll just finish. I won't take too much time, but I would like to end with, like, for example, if you're a certain age, you should be earning this much money. This is blah blah blah. Either if not, then you know you are a moron. This is the kind of mindset I've seen in this house, clubhouse, from men. From women, it's that you know you got to be, you got to bag a man, to use it crudely. But I mean, I don't know. But but the night in the sack is gonna do nothing. Six months does nothing. I love my wife I, now. Hey, um, dad, we've been married for twenty-five years. I'll just say, we've been married for twenty-five years. I love her. I'd never respected her because I didn't know her. Now it is different because we spent twenty-three years. I'm just saying. Okay, sorry, I'll just shut up now. I'm just saying. You know, it takes commitment. It takes to not run away. When things get tough, I'm just saying. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Oh, uh, thank you, Dad. Dad. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I got, I got your point, my brother. I got, I got, I got your point. Definitely got your point. And um, yeah. Uh, and as something you had said about the relationships being shallow, you know that I think, I think that has some truth. I think it has a lot of truth that the relationships from the from the get go from the jump you know they they're always on um or they're initiated on shallow terms you know usually for the man he's trying to get sex or the woman she's trying to you know whatever get some type of security or whatever but it's usually based on you know shallow principles it's not something that's based on oh we're going to base this on union. I'm looking to grow. I'm looking to develop. You know, you don't find that, you know, broadcast, you know, as much as you see people trying to come together for the right reasons. So when you really look at it, you know, relationships, a lot of relationships, you know, they initiate themselves upon shallow principles. But, you know, when you really look at it, you know, on both sides, man and woman, we're both complicit. And the whole idea of putting us against one another, Lady Obsidian Rain, you were saying that this was the, 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 what's the terminology you use? That this was the plan. This was the plan to pit us against one another. And I think the plan is working. When we see rhetoric, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the video when the sister was saying what she was saying, and I'm not trying to invalidate any of her anecdotal uh, testimonies that she may have, but I don't think it represents all men, the men that she was talking about. And I don't think she represent the, the, the mindset of most women, you know, I don't think so. But, 
you know, when, when you get videos like this, they get those millions of views and things of that nature. You, you kind of say like, wow, you know, the damage is done. How many people have seen this video? Now people are entertaining the potential of the rhetoric therein. So we got to be careful. You know, I, I really think that that video is damaging when, when especially black people in our community, when we come in our community and we, we listen to videos like this and then we internalize them and we start trying to find the points where we can parallel ourselves and our personal experiences too. I think it goes haywire and that's the plan. The plan is to destroy our community. You know, there was a point in time when the black man and the black woman was solid. But we were solid. We was the most married in this country, the most. And they seen that and they projected the, the uh, ramifications of us staying together and where we was going to be determining where we were at at that point and where we would be if we stayed together. And then it was a war on that. It was an agenda to separate the black man and the black woman specifically. You know, and and I think that war was waged like it, it really manifested itself clearly in the '60s, but um, it was it it the seed was planted way before then, you know, way before yeah, I then. I remember I don't remember the name of the book, but it, it has something to do with like the birth rate of you know Anglo Saxons and them not wanting to lose the majority. Mm. So, you know, they were against intermarrying. They were, you know, against a, a solid black family. They were, you know, really trying to maintain their numbers, which is um, one of the things when we were talking about, you know, Roe versus Wade, mm. the overturning of that really had nothing to do with us as minorities because Thanks. welfare, abortions, the highest numbers correlated with them. Mm -hmm. You know, talk about more it. often than not. They tell us we have too much kids. This is why we're poor. Da, 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 da. It has always been about them keep keeping the majority. And I don't even care for the, you know, it's us versus them argument either, because, you know, my stance, mm -hmm. I'm part of the human race. If I had, you know, if I <laughs> I couldn't have controlled who my parents were. Um, so it just so happens to be that I was born melanated and I'm perfectly OK with that. But I'm not going to then look at another person and say, oh, you're my enemy because you just so happen to be born to, you know, Caucasian parents. Mm -hmm. Hate is not in in grained in us at birth we see that with you know kids when they're playing together when they you know see each other in matching costumes and like oh my gosh that's my sister it is taught to us that you know one is supposed to be better than the other it is taught to us that you know, we we have to be against each other in order for one other person to survive everything has always ever come down to resources in this country and around the world you know mm. so until we can acknowledge that and point the blame where it needs to be that this is what is being done to us it is not us doing it to each other and then let go of the pluralistic ignorance that somebody else is going to make the change and start being the change we'll still be turning our wheels mm. that that right there deserves a round of applause I tell you now that because I, I, I agree with that sentiment I really do. I, I agree with that sentiment. And, um, you know, 
it's, it's deliberate that they put this stigma between us, put this wedge in between us, and they try to keep us separated because they know what we can be when um when we unite. I believe it was the artist Tank who has said that uh he said if he sung that song Stay With Me by Sam, that the white guy Sam, but uh if he would have sung that song, he said it would have got low bandwidth. He said mm-hmm. because he was singing it, because the you know what I'm saying the the race of this individual who was singing it, you know, it got major bandwidth. Because they don't want to hear songs about us loving each other. They don't want to hear songs about us forming union and understanding and validating one another. You know? Like they don't want to hear songs like that. They want to hear songs of us calling each other bitches and hoes and dogs and 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 sluts and 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 you know what I'm saying? Scammers. It's the Willie Lynch letter. Like if you can teach us how to degrade ourselves and they don't need to do it anymore because then they won't make themselves the enemy. We'll make ourselves the enemy. And exactly what happened with the Black Panthers. Fred Hammond was uniting all of those in low income and under oppression and they murdered him. Mm -hmm. Because they knew exactly what was going to happen when he get these people on one page understanding it's not even amount about oh you got low income but when we bring our resources together we can build communities we can build infrastructure in our own communities and that's what the panthers was essentially trying to teach how to build infrastructure in our communities and build our own communities up you know without assistance from out because they wasn't getting no assistance but how to set up uh, 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 programs that we can assist ourselves with the with the meager resources that we had available to us. So, right, and it was him. It was him uniting the different communities, the Asians, the you know, the trailer park white trash, as they you know were were coined at the time. It was him uniting all of them, which was a danger to the system as it stood with them staying in the majority and having the better resources. So that's what I mean in regards to you know, us fighting amongst each other. It's the same way you look at like, what's the, what's the good analogy? Like you, you take a piece of steak, you throw it into, you know, a cage where like a wolf and a bear, they're, they're both hungry. They're going to fight each other to get to that, you know, that steak. Meanwhile, the person who threw the steak in there still has the rest of the animals still sit in there. So if they can keep us fighting and squabbling amongst ourselves over who should have this and how they should be able to do this, they're sitting pretty. They don't have to be the enemy anymore. We we literally are fighting amongst ourselves. Facts. And um, I agree with you totally. You know, let's read so some in of- regards to women renegotiating societal standards. It really made me think about, you know, what a, a gentleman said to me some time ago where he, he said women are the reason why the world is in the state that it's in because we don't stand up and hold men accountable. So now we are in a position where it's OK. You know what? We're not going to keep taking this anymore. We are going to start speaking up more. What how it's being done, though. I'm, I will definitely challenge. We don't need to be tearing down, you know, another group of people just so we can make our point across. It's not supposed to be, oh, us versus each other. It's supposed to be, hey, let's go to therapy because you have some things that you need to work out. I got some things I need to work on. And 
we can be better together. Not, oh, well, you guys are been jacking this up, so we don't really need y'all anymore. Like, that is damaging. Exactly. And nothing gets done. Exactly. Because, you know what I mean? That, that's, that part right there is that, you know, when it comes to, and I wanted to make this point earlier in the show, that when it comes to, you know, that invalidating thing, you know, the worst thing you can do for a man, you know what I'm saying, is to, like, to show him that he that he don't mean nothing, he's worthless. You know, like I'm gonna give you an analogy, like with women. Like it, it just seems like that dynamic shift when women started to become more successful in in financially and in the workforce, you know, it's like the attitude or the ego that came along with that, it was it it was really damaging. Because it was like, okay, when when you wasn't working, you was you was you was depending on the man, or I ain't gonna say the word depend. You was expecting the man to come home and and bring that check and do what's right. But it seems now that you don't need him to bring the check no more. Then he lost the stripe of his manhood. But when you flip that, flip it, you know, a woman is still a woman, whether she can bear children or not, right? Her womanhood is not decreased. So whether a man is making more money or less money in a relationship, that shouldn't be a determining factor of whether or not he's he's a man and he's he he's up to his responsibility. Because that terminology that's used also is, oh, I'm dating down. If you're making more money, then you're dating down. You know, oh, I make I make six figures a, a year. Uh, uh, I'm dating down. You only make you only make fifty thousand. Uh, yeah, I'm dating down. So it's like that terminology is being thrown around out there, and people are internalizing it. And we don't want that f- to be the sentiment of our sisters to think that okay, this brother right here, knowing the fact that in this society is so many obstacles that set before the black man in particular. We know the black woman has obstacles as well, but in particular about the black man, there are traps that's out there and obstacles, deliberate obstacles put in his way to, to make him fall. So when he do fall, for him to look up and see his sister's face at him laughing and saying, yeah, look at you down there. And you know what I'm saying? It's adding insult to injury because it's like, damn, it's like going to heaven and see God smoke crack. He's like, come on for real. Like you heartbroken. Like you of all people, you, you going to kick me when I'm down. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I, I hate that. I hate those talking points. I hate those videos that try to highlight, you know, this 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 manufactured immunity that we supposed to allegedly have for one another. You know, I hate those videos because they get so much bandwidth. They get so they go they go viral, you know, and um, it's crazy. I think it's damaging. And I don't want our brothers and sisters to internalize that. Don't internalize that and and believe that this is what manhood is or this is what womanhood is or we need to break away from one another. That's not the solution. That's that's actually the problem. We don't want that. That's what they want us to do, to run away from each other and say, oh, you don't need each other. So you might as well just do you because they put they're promoting other type of agendas. They got other things planned for us. So we need to really understand that we do need each other. The black man need to stand up and un- and make his woman know, make all of our sisters know that they are protected and they are validated. You know, 
to the best of their ability. You know what I'm saying? And sisters need to stand up and be like, yo, you know, cut that brother some slack in the terms of him trying to be emotionally available because he doesn't know anything about it. And it's a slow process. You know, this whole construct from birth, he's been programmed to believe a certain way. And it's going to take time to unravel that. But it can be done. It can be done. But it's not going to get done when we when we start the conversations with, oh, yeah, you do this, you do that. Or you're not really needed because, oh, you can't cook and clean. Who going to cook for you? Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things that's out there. Go ahead, Lady Obsidian. No, like the the whole, um, you know, looking up at, at the sisters and it, you know, being like insult to injury. Um, again, is not the tit for tat. But I'm hoping that the conversations and the acknowledgement of how things have played does make us more empathetic towards each other, because what men are feeling now is essentially what women have been feeling. Like we literally got told that men make better women than women. And that was very damaging to us. That, <laughs> like, yeah, that that yeah, that's very damn that's today, but 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 Lady Obsidian, keep it real, keep it a buck. You have women oh. that's co-signing this. You have women, you have women that's on this bandwagon saying this, that's making it, you know, possible for, for people even entertain this idea, you know? Like, I think women, yeah, go ahead. I didn't want to cut your thought. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like that, for first of all, like that nuance is maybe a whole other topic because um, scientifically, the nerd in me um, understands that the Y chromosome is actually disappearing. And, you know, you can kind of go look that up. Um, the chemical expressions of people have been changing so the the lgbtq plus community transgender community like it's it's a, a different way that we have to start navigating and i i'm hoping that we stop looking on who to blame and just be open enough to understand like no no <laughs> no man makes a better woman than a woman because a woman is a woman and a man is a man. If you are a woman carrying more testosterone and it, you feel more masculine, then that's just who you are. There's no, oh, I make a better woman than you. No, I, this is just how I am. And the women in, in how you're saying they're co-signing, I often wonder if there's just a level of them feeling more comfortable now that they have somebody that they can talk to um, and feel connected with on a certain level that they aren't getting from those who are, you know, just cisgendered men and, and still operating out of a sense of toxic masculinity. It's, it's really just a conversation for understanding, not us pinning our good against somebody's evil when our good can be somebody else's evil. I get it. I, I get you. I, I definitely feel you. I wanted to read some of the comments of the people. <laughs> mm. You know, I want to read some of these comments. Let me see. Uh, we got Marvelous Mar. She said, you got to pay us what, you, what we are owed. We want good sex and help with the dishes. I still, <laughs> I, still, I still overstand that men's contribution are neglected a lot in some ways. Your emotional needs are often not even thought of. Facts, all facts. And um, I appreciate you for that comment on um, Marvelous because uh, I definitely agree with you. 
You know, I, I definitely agree. I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with that shift. Men being more accountable um, in, in splitting household duties and things of that nature. But, you know, we got to gradually, you know what I'm saying? Like get men out of this, you know, the mindset of, oh, this is the things that I'm supposed to do. And this is the thing. These are the things that you are supposed to do. Like when, when it comes to all the manual things around the house that, that get done, you know, they get done. They never get mentioned. <laughs> they never get mentioned in why, yo, I need a man around. But they all those things get done. The plumbing, the, the, the mowing of the yards and all that. All that stuff get done, but it's never, ever recognized. And and then when the conversation happens, yo, what's going on and what do I need you for? You know, you're like, yo, damn, like you missed all these points that these these strengths that I bring to this dynamic. You don't even regard them as being strengths. You don't regard them at all. So I think that's a problem. And um, and we gotta work to fix that, you know, and we gotta work to fix on the man's perspective with taking accountability, us men, myself. I'm be that man because I'm the only man here, you know, and uh, I'm going to take that responsibility. And um, we do need to be accountable. We need to hold ourselves accountable. We need to hold our brothers accountable. You know, you see your, you see your brother out there, you know what I'm saying? He ain't taking care of his kids. You see him, you know what I'm saying? You see him going to the club, spending mad bread, but his, but his kid, you know, they, they ain't got nothing, you know? He ain't, he ain't trying to provide nothing for them. Mama got everything. You know, we got to start letting them dudes know, like, nah, this ain't going to rock over here. I can't I can't befriend an individual who's going to treat his kid, his seed like that. If you'll treat your seed like that, how you treat me? How can you how can we develop any form of sense of loyalty if I can't even see, you know, if I can't see the God in you in regards to your children? I can't see the God in you. How you want me to call you king? You feel me? So I can't I can't have those type of individuals in my circumference and I see you actively not trying to be a father and I'm cool with it. That's something that we as men, we need to take accountability for and we need to start checking our homies, check our partners and be like, yo, look, man, like, yo, what's going on with your with your family, man? You feel me? Like, hold these brothers accountable. So I, I agree with that. And, um, you know, I'm for that for the men on behalf of the men. And I want our sisters, you know, that same token. Let's stop holding women. Let's stop holding when um, women uh, don't not holding them accountable when we hear them in public, in private settings, saying things that's damaging to us as a community and whole. You know, our sisters got to stop saying, "Oh, oh, uh, yeah, that's right, girl." You know what I'm saying? Stop co-signing your home girl. We you know she dead ass wrong. You know she ain't got nothing to do with that dude. That dude met that sister right there. She ain't have nothing to do with you and him breaking up. That was a whole different situation. And you know you 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 treating her foul. You need your sisters need to hold hold their sisters accountable and be like, yo, nah, that ain't right. Like, you know, fall back from that and hold them accountable in public. Because that's the thing that that that's another thing that's happening with our sisters is that if you correct a sister, all right, you the enemy now. No, 
You know, we supposed to hold each other to a certain standard to make us reflections of one another. And if we're not going to be both ways, if we want our men to stand up and be fathers and be emotionally present, and then we, we when our sisters is doing some some real crazy stuff, like, you know what I'm saying? She's acting out of her mind. We sit there and act like it's not happening. Like it ain't a big ass elephant right in the, in the living room just chilling. You know, we just acting like the shit don't exist. Like... We got to, we got to hold it. We got on both sides of the coin. We got to hold each other accountable. Absolutely. You know, check it, check, check your boys when they cl- in the club. No, no date raping, no, Facts. you know, trying to Facts. you know Facts. manipulate a woman so that they can get, you know, what they can get. Hold him accountable for treating a woman with respect, regardless of how she acts or behave, because it's your character and your integrity. It, got, it shouldn't have nothing to do with anybody else's uh, circumstances. However, likewise, how, women. How, however, with that point you just made, like, like, be like, keep it real. Like, you gonna you gonna treat like if you see some if you see something on the the subway, like you walking on the sub in the subway, and you see some garbage or you see. You know, some you just see something disgusting on the on the seats. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna sit there. You're gonna move. You know what I mean? You're not you know, so like I say that in regards of the the brothers. You know, sometimes, you know, men gonna have a reaction, an immediate reaction to the immediate thing that they're seeing. So if you see a sister act in a certain way and a man respond to it. And you like, oh, nah, you got to still maintain your manhood, even though she's acting like that. But some things is just a response, you know, I wasn't done. Okay, all right. All right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Like, and this is why we develop self-control. Okay. That's something that nobody can take from you. It's not like I haven't had people act out of pocket to me and I could, you know, Mm-hmm. be justified in my reaction but i can control myself because no not, nothing of what somebody else does is going to really pull me out of character unless i allow it case mm-hmm. in point i had somebody do some shicey stuff and i was just like you know the lord knew that i was going to want to punch you in the face which is why my arm is in a sling right now like i can acknowledge my feelings without acting on it you can acknowledge that you know she's acting wild and you're a bit upset but you have self-control to walk away right you don't Mm -hmm. have to stay there and tolerate that and so that's what i mean in regards to holding yourself accountable for your reaction i feel you i feel you right Mm -hmm. but likewise women like you don't you don't you don't always have to fly off out the handle. There is a there is a way where you can have a sense of decorum and state your peace without being belligerent. Like, like oh. I, I get it. Um because there are some men that be really acting out of pocket out here too. So and that's what I mean. Like it's it's literally just a sense of personal accountability, like self-control. If we exhibited a bit more self-control with healthy communication, we really could go a lot farther in life. Facts. I agree. I totally agree, man. I mean, this is this been a beautiful discussion. Uh, we gonna we about to wrap it up. We we can stay for for a little bit longer, but we about to start wrapping it up. So I wanted to talk about some of the solutions that we can talk about. Any of the people in the audience in the chat can chime in as well. Like, what are some of the solutions? How do we approach or how do we initiate this type of change? Like, what do we have to do? So I'm going to be the man because I'm the only guy here. And I'm going to ask, I'm asking all the sisters, like, what can a man do? What can I do to to show you 
that I'm emotionally present. I'm emotionally available to you. Um, uh, that I want things to work. I want to validate you as a person and things of that nature. Like, what are the things you want to see from a man? What's some of the things that he can display that can show you that this is what he's about? You know what I'm saying? Now, I know I know, Lady Obsidian Rain, she's going to say, well, yeah, this Negro can be manipulating me. I'm not going to put, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to tell you the things that I'm going <laughs> to, you know what I'm saying, I'm looking for. <laughs> so you can just mimic those things and try to slide in. Nah, you know, I understand that, you know, but just for in general, like what's some of the general things that we could, we can look at that men can do that they can attempt to show our sisters that, yo, we're making an effort. Like we we don't want to be separate from you. We we don't want to be in odds at odds with you. We want to be we want to form union. So like tell us like what's some of them things? Lady Obsidian, you can set it off. <laughs> <laughs> um oh gosh. Um it's hard to say listen without having an intention to figure out what you can get out of it. Um, and it's also hard to say be vulnerable if you're even if you're afraid of, you know, the response or the action. So I think the first basis that I would suggest is be secure enough in yourself that no matter what somebody else's reaction to you telling your truth is, um, will definitely set the precedent because, you know, they'll look at that. The ones who are immature and haven't fully grown yet will be able to look at that and say, wow, he was really vulnerable with me. And I can appreciate that because now I can trust my vulnerability with him. So I would ask people to be more secure in themselves to do things even when they're afraid. And you will know who's for you based on how they respond to your vulnerability. Mm. Facts. All right. Marvelous Ma said, she said, just say that, you know, she just say that. And she said to listen, you know, uh, I know what she told me. Just say that. Um, when I was asking the question in regards to that. And, um, I feel you, you know, cause it, it gets lost, you know, it get lost. It get lost for men who, who are trying to be present because, you know, the average working man, the man that's not about the bullshit, the man that's out there that he's about family, you know, this individual right here, he gets lost in the, in the shuffle. Nobody consider him, you know, the idea of manhood, it, it always lies on the shoulders of the, you know, the Marion pop locking and, you know what I'm saying? All the, you know, the, the bullshit, you know, but the average man that that's really want to that really want to be men, you know, they voice don't get heard. So I'm listening to you sisters and what what you guys are saying, what men can do. And um, I want everybody to listen and take heed. These are the things that our women, our sisters, you know, that how they suffer in silence, you know, trying to make us understand as men you know, what it is that we need to do to like ease this, 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 uh, this feeling of you no, know, of them being alone and them being have to fend for themselves. So I really, I really want this to be heard 
for the people to, for it, it, it for people can start talking about it. Like, you know, like let's stop saying that. Oh, it's it's not masculine for a man to sit down and have a conversation. You know, laying out his points, his arguments. You know, having a difference of opinion. You know, yeah. you like, said something that it kind of brought up another thought. Um. Oh dang it! Why does my brain function like this? <clears throat> It'd be so much stuff, man. You'd be like, I want to get this, I want to get that, I want to get this. And then you're like, oh, this is another thought. That's how it'd be coming out just like that. So, you know, but this is the topic that, this is a great topic that we need to have. That's why we want our sisters. We want our sisters. I want to hear from the sisters, man. I want to oh. know. Yes. Others, y'all can come up here and, and say stuff too, but I remembered it. So you remember? Challenge your own beliefs. Mm. Challenge them. Challenge them because I assure you more often than not, they come from a damaged place. Mm. Challenge your own thoughts. Mm. Stop projecting. See, that's deep. I like like I think I don't think it, it impact the way it needed to impact. Say that one more time. Like I, I want to hear that again. Say it one more time. Challenge your own beliefs. Challenge, Challenge your, your thoughts. Own beliefs, your own thoughts. And this this resonates with me. You know, I'm a very studious individual. If if people don't know that, I'm very studious outside of poetry, you know. And um I, I find this to be very true. You know, when you challenge your beliefs and you challenge what you've been, you know, you've been led to believe is true, now you have the opportunity to step outside of this binding, this construct and look at things from the outside, you know, looking how the world perceived the exact thing you've been doing, you know, so challenging your own beliefs. I think that's profound and put into question all the things that you just took for face value of how you supposed to think, you know, people are supposed to treat you. You know, like men, challenge the way you you was raised and believe in that. Oh, it's okay for me to walk up and, you know what I'm saying, like be sexually aggressive with a woman. You know what I'm saying? Or slap her butt or something like that. Some crazy shit like that. That that was a time in the 90s. That was like very prevalent. Like, you know what I'm saying? You go slap a chick on the ass and all that. It was, it was something that was very done. But now in this day and age, you going under the jail if you do some nonsense like that so the the times have changed you know things have changed so with those changes it was you know pulling yeah. pulling the girl's hair if you like mm-hmm. her you pull a girl's hair now she liable punching you yep face. it's going so it ain't the that. same <laughs> it's different yeah. it ain't the same no more so definitely but yeah like don't be afraid to challenge and this goes out to women too like don't be afraid to challenge what you've seen growing up because what you saw is not all there is to the world like you grew up in a pond the ocean is much bigger challenge your beliefs challenge your thoughts challenge the way you you act and operate challenge what it is that you're watching and and is being like perpetrated to how we're supposed to be carrying ourselves because more often than not if that's not if it doesn't bring you peace and it's not true to your like in an internal character it's it's gonna it's it's sabotage like our, the media literally be sabotaging us and how we're developing mm-hmm. you can choose yourself which way you want to grow indeed 
And and that's the thing. But the first thing you have to do, you have to realize that there's a problem there. That there, that you, you need to change the way you think. You have to recognize that there's a problem. And I think, you know, in order to resolve anything, since we're talking about the resolution, is that the best thing to do is to lead with what you bring to the, the problem. You know, don't don't lead with the other per, the, the other person's fault. Lead with your own fault. Bring that to the conversation like that. Like, I need to be more present. Like, me as a man bringing this to the conversation, bringing it to the table to get some type of resolution, okay, you know, I need to be more emotionally available, you know, in the relationship. I need to lead with that. Let me lead with the things that I'm doing to cause the relationship turmoil. And you can lead with those things. So now we done led with the the, the rift. Now we can work on mending it, you know, so no one feels slighted. And a lot of times we lead in, in this day and age, we lead with you did this and and that's the reason why I did that. And I wouldn't have did that if you wouldn't have did this. And you feel me? And it goes back and forth and we get stuck in that same cycle. So us as the, as, as the community, this beautiful community that we have, this beautiful community, we need to get on track because these, these stigmas are affecting us more than anyone else. It's affecting us. It's determining how we're going to be you know, 50, 100 years from now, where are we going to be, you know? So uh, we need to really think about this and put some thought in it and um, really come to the table to try to to make some type of resolution to why we ain't seen on the same, the, the same eye to eye, you know? Let's, let's get on the same page. I love the black woman. I love her. I don't want no other woman, you know what I'm saying? And, and there's no disrespect to no other, no other women, the women of the world. And I feel that, you know, there's beautiful women everywhere, but I know what I'm connected to. And um, my love runs deep, you know? So I want to see the affair get fixed. I want to see us get fixed. I want to see us, you know, I want to see us shine. So um, with that being said, you know, I usually do some form of poetry on the Spoken Soul Sessions podcast. So I got the lovely Lady Obsidian Rain in the building. And I got some poets, you know, down on in the stage. You know what I'm saying? So this would be a, a first that I would get multiple, multiple people spitting on the show. Give my give my audience a little mini concert, you know. So uh this this is only going once. I'm not, you know, it's only going once. I'm definitely gonna send invites to the three queens on the stage because all of their pens are fire. But if y'all come up, y'all definitely can do a, a piece of uh, a piece of piece to go on the podcast. So um, if y'all want, I send y'all invitations. Y'all can use them as y'all need them. And uh, But Lady Obsidian Rain, you want to spit a piece to close this out? Sure. All I'll right. See if anybody else comes up first. Cause we definitely gonna get two pieces. We definitely get multiple pieces. I'm gonna spit a piece, and I and you gonna spit a piece. So we definitely gonna get two pieces. I got Laquita down there. We got Marvelous Small. We got Ghana Shamar. You know, big names. And uh, you know, so if y'all want to, if y'all don't, it's cool too. But you know, if y'all want to, y'all got the invitation. But in the meantime, in between time, let me set the stage up for you, Lady Obsidian Rain. Um, coming to the stage. Let's give a warm, warm welcome 
for Lady Obsidian Rain. I'm not a rib of my rib kind of poet. My love doesn't cascade like the strum of a harp. Love for me is a harpoon of discord, played in the key of trouble. His story, her story, and the big picture. When actions are told to be louder than words, his actions told stories of forever. And she wove those lies together as her security blanket. Moth-winged fabric gone up in flames, friction made fire by the inconsistencies. Baby girl, believe me, we have been believing in lies since the beginning of time when he who slithered along lied to Eve. Ever notice how he becomes B with just a line across the ground? How lie spoke of equality? I wonder if she was being treated unfairly and that's what made it so easy for her to concede. Lie lodged itself between B and Eve. You'll be just like your mother. Be lied to like Eve, believing that the downfall of man or the rising of man is your responsibility. Sister girl, you are more than his temptation. You are soft words of encouragement, soft words of comfort, of reality, of fantasy. You are ingenuity. You are strength. You are God as capable of creation. See, I may not be a rib of my rib kind of love poet, but I am bridge between darkness and light. I am a walking work of art. I am woman whose love is like a harpoon, like flames, like truth being reestablished, who won't believe in what she sees or hears so easily. We are more than we've been told. And I'm here to remind you as a woman who just so happens to be a poet. Wow. I love that piece, man. Profound piece, man. I love the sentiment of that poem right there. Profound piece. And uh, I think it's only right that I do this piece. I'm going to do this piece uh, called The Balance of Love. And um, I'm going to try to really get into this piece because uh, I think it fits the sentiment of this topic so well. I said that I loved her. I wouldn't put anything above her. I slurred those words and heard bells resound in a symphony, an orchestrated harmony, sublime, divine in nature. The way she corrected my stature, fed fuel to my future and nurtured my life. A wife, she was beyond that. I wanted to be more than just her man. The hand she used to soothe her pain, I, I wanted to reside in her veins. Be the blood to keep her heart beating, be the reason she needed to be all she could be. Would we be the epitome of what union is? Give glimpses of what happens when substance meets structure. When the touch matches the sentiment, 
and our actions are sincere, there's a balance there. A fear that you may not be given enough. And when that feeling is mutual, you can actually view love for what it is. A balance. A standstill. A distinction between real and fake. A place free of deceit and doubt. A station without stating the words because they're felt. Held in the highest regard but displayed in a timid demeanor. No need for mean gestures when love is festered in the heart. And if you start that as the premise, then you finish where you begin. With the truth. The proof that a bond bonded on balance will beam triumphant in the end where you can't determine where friend end and lover begin. It's in that instance. Love is depicted descriptive and plain. Because the aim never really changes. And our way may sway at times, but at the end of the day, we'll find our place right beside each other. United. Mended at the roots, fortified at the base, flourish with the fruit of fidelity, sincerity, and the fruition of what God intended us to be. In the balance of things, where all things in its own unique way correlates, that's the balance. When the word we precedes I and I die without you and never strive to hurt you, that's the balance. So I hope to find us amongst the elite of this discreet group of lovers who will put their lovers' needs above the fulfillment of their own. This is where the house is adorned with the beauty of the home and may God protect it. May we thrive to respect it for all it's worth. And may we always put each other first. And the thirst to please you May it always be accompanied with your hunger to please me. That's the balance of love. Fire. <laughs> I appreciate you. All right, man. So uh, now I'm going to extend that. Uh, Ghana came up. So uh, that's dope. Uh uh, we about to close out, but I, I would love for you to bless us with a piece. That would be real dope. You know what I'm saying? If you guys remember on the podcast. Yeah, I got a piece for the uh, same type of vibe I was going for. All right. All right. So let me let me introduce you and get you on the stage. Uh, you guys remember the Spoken Soul uh, family. Y'all remember Ghana Shamar. We did an interview. She came to the studio. We sat down. That was a dope interview. If you guys haven't checked that interview out, go um, into the archive, Spotify, Amazon. Um, you you can find that episode, Ghana Shamar, um, dope informative interview with the lovely Ghana Shamar. So coming to the stage, uh, let's give a warm welcome for the lovely Ghana Shamar. If I could, I've been every perfect universe, coiled in my hands, I mold with our clay, wipe the footprint from my feet and place them within this dream, dropping colloquial emotion, weather balloons, oxygen dispersed in beast things, those bit lip kisses from you to me. 
We cater to each other in chip cups, staring at our tea, creating our ocean. Our earth has tonsils posing as moon and sun, decadent skin flakes and motherland cotton rays like stem cells to become our carpet. Ground becomes grounded by the spells written in our curves. Touch my soul and feel my sensations turn supernova, super saiyan blue. Play my piano of ribs. Strip the accordion off my tongue and make ballads from our smiles. This is blatantly uncomfortable. Twisting my body into tsunami to push away time jump. Time zone changes. We live in forever's pocket, but this is our cosmos. Big enough for the both of us. Boisterous enough to big bang when we climax. That's that piece. Thank you. Wow. In combo fashion. Thank you, Ghana Shamar. You know, blessing the mic. Uh, yeah, man, I think this conversation needed to be had. Uh, I think we made some ground. We 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 aired out some grievances amongst the men and the women. And uh, you know, I think we worked towards problems. I mean, we worked towards solutions to these problems in this conversation. You know, I think we pointed out a lot of things and at the same time, you know, we clarified a lot of things. And, you know, really we can shift that blame where it deserves to be blamed at. You know, look at who's really hurting you. And not opposed to each other, you know, because it's a plot. It's a scheme. So I think we made some fruitful, you know, it, this was a fruitful conversation. And um, I want to thank um, Obsidian Rain, man, coming through in her, in her natural fashion, sharpness, and coming through with the Ginsu, you know. I was ready for you. I was ready for you with the sound effects. You know what I'm saying? I was ready for you with the sound effects. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, was, I was ready for you. I just wanted you to know I was ready for you. You know what I'm saying? Because I know you come in sharp. You come with Ginsu's and all that, you know? <laughs> but you always delivered in a nice, you know, delicate way, you know? It don't seem like she just cut your head off, but it's sliding off your shoulders. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, that's the obsidian to the rain, right? <laughs> yeah, you dig it, you know? So I, I would have, I appreciate you for coming through. I want to, I want to, pre- I, I want to give thanks to everybody who add, you know, content to the conversation, whether you came up on stage or you was in the chat and you was adding um, comments. Um, thank you, Marvelous Ma. You know, everybody that stayed on the stage that, that listened to the whole show. Um, like I said, I'm going to be doing this from time to time. Usually I do, I take my podcast and I do it off, off a of clubhouse. It's not on clubhouse. So I was thinking of a way to try to engage my clubhouse audience with my podcast audience. And I think this is a great way of doing it where we can get live engagement. So this is a live podcast being recorded. So it's going to air. Most likely it's going to air not this Tuesday coming up, but the following Tuesday It's going to air, but uh, I'm going to be doing this from time to time. So if you guys are in the hallway and you see live recorded podcasts, you know, this is a spoken soul sessions podcast that's just being recorded. And I'm really trying to get, you know, some live engagement from the clubhouse audience, you know, and um, take the conversation a little bit further, like cross promote the two platforms. So 
thank you guys for coming through, man. And thank you guys for always being respectful when y'all come on the stage. Understand that this is a recording and um, I really appreciate that. You know, um, it was a, a couple of more of you posts that I wanted to hear from, you know, perhaps next time I do one of these discussions, uh, y'all can come on the mic and spit something, man, because I usually don't do that. It's only one person usually spitting on the podcast is usually the guest. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I appreciate you guys. So uh, I'm about to end this out. Um, I want you guys to know, as I end all my podcasts, if you guys don't know anything about me, if you don't know anything about me, I want you to understand and know that I, I love you. I really do. And um, I hope you love me too. Peace.